Welcome back to my show. My next guest is Miss Markeisha Hall, and she is an IEP coach, certified autism travel professional, parent empowerment partner, and CEO of Hall Legacy LLC. After 11 dedicated years of facilitating over two dozen IEP meetings annually as a member of the assessment team, Markeisha knew she needed to be a special education teacher and advocate to help parents be more impactful members at the table. As a classroom teacher of special needs students exclusively, Markeisha knew firsthand the value of parents being an integral partner in their students' educational journey. More recently, Markeisha became more intimate with her reality when her family adopted their youngest son. During the adoption process, he was diagnosed with autism. Having to employ her professional skills into her immediate family, Markeisha gained a new vantage point of being empowered to lead her child with special needs educational experience. Without hesitation, Markeisha knew she was meant to take a bold leap into helping empower parents as her life's work. Markeisha is now bringing her IEP process mastery and special needs expertise into consulting services to help parents take the lead on their students' educational roadmap, create more inclusive educational and recreational experiences, and shift from awareness to empowered action. Markeisha provides a cohesive, streamlined approach with a child-centered focus that allows parents to navigate the many facets of the IEP process as a collaborative advocate for their child. Through her signature program, Markeisha empowers families to confidently advocate for their child's educational journey, master the IEP process, partner with schools to create more effective learning opportunities, and experience inclusive recreational activities. Please welcome Ms. Markeisha Hall to my show. Welcome to my show, and I'm so happy to have you here today and have this conversation with you. Thank you for having me on. So we can go ahead and get started. I know I jumped into your journey and your experience, but can I just hear from you a little bit about what you do and why you do it? Yes, yes. Markeisha Hall, and I was a former special education teacher, turned autism mom through adoption. So my life's work is to help parents and really to help the kiddos, really mm-hmm. to um, educate the adults so the kids can, the kids in spe- that have special education needs, disabilities, so they're able to just leave, live their best life that they can. They need the help with the adults. What exactly do children and families need to know in regards to having children or serving children that have IEPs? There's lots of things to know. It's a pretty intimidating process, but in particular for kiddos that are in foster care, since the purpose of foster care is to hopefully reunite them with their families. Mm -hmm. But if that's not the case, hopefully to find a home, you know, forever home for them. But in the process and what I learned with um, my own son is that paperwork may didn't necessarily follow him or his siblings. And I think the number one thing for foster families 
and uh, social workers, professionals, teachers, is to try to keep those files together because we were at a disadvantage with my son and delayed on seeing some of the deficits that he had because mm -hmm. his packet, I'm trying to think of the name of it, I can't think of it right now, passport, educational passport, I think that's what they called it or something like that, was very incomplete and not descriptive enough for me to move faster and forward in helping him be get diagnosed. Another issue is, and that can be sped up, is that you have to have the educational rights or find out who has the educational rights. Mm -hmm. Because if you have IEP and you don't have those educational rights, you can't do anything. You can't do anything to change it or it's a long process. Talking to their social worker on how you can get the educational rights or who has the educational rights. So when there's decisions that need to be made, it's not held up. The child is the only one when it's held up with all the red tape of trying to get the judge, the, instead of the parent having the access or appointed advocates through the school district or through the judge, it only the child is only waiting for those services and they're not getting served because of, they're in two processes. They're in the foster care system and the special education system. And those two systems alone are complicated yeah. and brought together. Let's think about the kiddo and how can we make this happen? Okay, so do you have, what? what's your grade levels? Do you have experience with teenagers who have IEPs? I do. I go from age, all the way up from three to 22, if they still qualify for those services. And my master's and my experience was in early childhood special education, but an IEP is an IEP. It's the same process mm -hmm. for all of those age groups. I've served everyone from three to 22 on the mm -hmm. IEP process um, because that process doesn't change with their grade level, just what their needs are. And since it's supposed to be individualized, it mm -hmm. is based off of what the child what the child needs are, so. I was asking because I have worked with several teens who have IEPs and it's like this huge stigma. And so it's, they don't want the services. Right. So it's like, I just wanted to hear your take because that's not really my area, but I do know from my work with the teens, they don't want the extra help. They don't right. really utilize their resources. So what has your experience been with with that, just as far as like with teenagers who have IEPs. Right. My my best friend's son is 17 and we worked through this with him and with his school. I think it's important for the adults in their lives to, it does have a stigma. The older that they get, it feels mm -hmm. like a, a stigma. And that is our fault as the, the, the system's fault because we were like, okay, if you have a need, then you need to go over there instead mm -hmm. of making it a more inclusive educational experience, mm -hmm. then they wouldn't feel like so singled out. So a lot of programs now have push-in programs where you don't know you're identified and say, oh, you are in special education, so I'm coming to help you. It's more mm -hmm. of coming in to help the classroom with this specific need. I think 
for teenagers, they should be, or and they're able to advocate for themselves. They're able to attend their own IEP meetings and say, this is what I need and I need it in this kind of way because of these reasons. And they should be able to, the team should be able to accommodate those types of things. Cause that's a big deal, right? When you're in junior high and high school, going to a separate class, it's already so many pressure points as a teenager in high school and you don't want that to be an extra one yeah. but I encourage the teens that are on IEPs that are feeling that way to think past that I know it's hard as adults we're like okay don't worry about that <laughs> yeah. aren't gonna be around we get older anyway yeah. but if they can start here adults like us saying you know what try to make it more um, individualized for yourself so that it works for you mm -hmm. it does maybe that looks like before school, after school, Zoom, tutoring, who knows what it means for each individualized person. But to look past that and say, I need this for my future to be, because these are some um, deficits that I have. And this is the help that I need because I have this goal for the future. I know it's hard. We were all teenagers before, wasn't thinking about that. But in retrospect, thinking about that is important because those people that are maybe saying things or maybe don't aren't going to be around when you're an adult and you're trying to achieve your goals to be an independent adult so could you go just a little bit more into your services and what exactly it is that you offer to parents and children with i guess it would be the parents yeah with ip i actually do ip consulting and so I reviewed my IEP and really tried to individualize it towards the student and make sure it's not cookie cutter like we were talking about earlier. I also have IEP parent courses that walk them through the process so that they know what their rights are, which is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to know your rights. And so they can be an equal partner at the table. So you got to know the lingo to be able to participate and get what's best for your child. What are some tips that you can give to caregivers on how to better serve youth in care? What I like to think is that everything is built off of building relationships, right? Like you have to build a relationship. You don't have to be best friends. You're not going to, you don't have to have coffee, but professionals um, and parents, and the kids, when they are able to, should be a part of the process also, need to, need to have a, a relationship, a working relationship. And I like to say that through the three C's. So you need to connect, communicate, and collaborate. And those are the three C's. So connect on something outside of the IEP. Like your kid is not just what's written on that paper. Bringing those likes or find, if you're a foster uh, parent, finding what those likes are, They've, they want to connect with you on other stuff, seeing what they like and what they don't like, or bringing new interests to them and talking about those types of things, not mm -hmm. just about their, their deficits, maybe in their IP or whatever. And bringing those connections to the teacher and to the school also, so that they can connect with the child also. You might be like, oh, I heard that you got a new puppy. And that when people ask you about other things besides what you're working on, they're like, oh, like, how did you know I had a puppy? And that's bringing a connection and education that's super important to connect. 
kids have to know how much you care until yeah. they care about how, what you're going to tell them and what they know. Mm -hmm. So second is just to communicate often and not just when it's negative things on both ways. Parents don't just connect, communicate when oh, my son is X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. But if something's going well, I like to communicate with them and say, oh, Joe really enjoyed that science fair project last Friday. Thank mm -hmm. you. And so that it doesn't just feel like contentious all the time. Like you're just coming with negative and vice versa. Teachers don't just be like, oh, mm -hmm. Joe was just cutting up in class today again. Parents don't want to hear that. They already know. So let's communicate better. Let's find out the best ways to contact each other, the best days and the best times and set up a way that we're going to communicate. And lastly is to collaborate. Lots of kiddos in the in both systems, foster care and special education have lots of outside therapies, things that they need to be coordinated, sports teams maybe, after school activities. So collaborate with those. If the kid really likes football, say, and they're doing well on the field, but they're maybe not doing well at school, connect with that coach. Say, hey, coach, this is what's going on at school. How can we all collaborate? He seems to super motivated to work with you. What's working there so I can bring it together? Because we're all should be working together mm -hmm. as a team, even if not just school, just all the adults in this child's life mm -hmm. that's already been disrupted, right? Mm -hmm. To find those things. I get emotional about this, to find those things that are going to connect. We should all be connecting together to say, this is working, this isn't working, and all come together instead of being separate places if they can succeed in one place or they're motivated in this place and not this place what are you doing over here yeah. that we can sprinkle a little bit over here mm -hmm. so that it's so that they're just being able to feel loved and become the adults that we know that they can be that was good. So do you have anything else that you would like to add? This is not really my area of expertise. Okay. So I don't even really know what all questions, but I don't want to miss something because, because of my unawareness in this area. So is there anything else that you want to add um, to the conversation about this subject? There's so much. I could just hog up your whole time. Uh, <laughs> I'm passionate about this because we did adopt our youngest son and I wasn't aware of this, of what that system looked like. And I just want other people out there to look into it. There are kids out there that are going to be such a blessing to your life. And I know people like, I'm so busy. We, we are super busy. <laughs> we have three kids that are in everything. And so that was one of our things when we thought about it in the past. We're like, not right now because we're too busy, but it's just a blessing. And it, I don't know how I would be without him right now. I don't, just navigating those systems. And so just, if you ever thought about it, do it. There's kids out there that need you. They need your love, your gifts or that connection piece to reunify with their families or possibly find a, a home for them to for them to be in forever and if they are in special education or if you suspect that they need to be a special special education speak up because and document sorry mm -hmm. speak up and document it give it to their social worker give it to their teachers so that so they don't get lost in the shuffle 
mm. of things. That happens a lot with kids in foster care that also need special education. It's mm. falling through the cracks because the adults aren't following through. There's not enough paperwork to you know, keep that going. Should they have to move to a different foster care home for whatever reason? It's just super important to try to keep the dots connected, even if, even if, even if it's not with you anymore mm. and they're going to a new home. Really good. No, I was just thinking about what you just said. And this is why, this is the point of me making like this type of community so so where people can know like the other side. But I was thinking about if kids had a journal or something, kind of like in my work before when I would work with children who lived in hotels, Mm -hmm. one thing that we did was like have a notebook Mm-hmm. So in that notebook, we would have, okay, this is the kind of issues that the child had. Because we would have to pack. These are children who live in hotels because they don't have, they don't have a home. They right. this place from their home. They don't have a group home or anything. So they live in these hotels and we had these notebooks. And so in the notebook, it would say, okay, on this day, Johnny was with me, this staff member, and this is how it went. Mm-hmm. And the notebook would be passed from worker to worker. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just thinking about that, like when it comes to kids who have, who have special needs and who have IEPs and that documentation thing, because it is important to be right now. We know that they need these services because in January this happened. Right. So it just made me think about that. Like that's something yeah. like, so thanks. Cause I just kind of, wait, they should definitely be. So that's something I can incorporate into my, like my awareness stuff with having it because we doing a duffel bag initiative so that's it because we did do that to keep up because it is hard because it's nobody's really responsible but everybody's responsible yes oh yeah i know it just happened in a moment i want to work on maybe we could get collaborate like a, (laughs) a digital portfolio really is what i did with what i do with all the kids but it's a free it's a free app guys and it's called genius scan and if it's a note that you're taking and you just take a picture with your phone and it makes it into a PDF and you can forward it to the social worker, you can forward that. The rocket book, the rocket book app. Oh yeah, I think so, like that. It's just, you just scan it. It's called Genius Scan. And that way you can keep all the things, you can keep it in a folder. And then if they have to move to the next place, you can give it to the teacher. It's already in a PDF format, even if it's it doesn't have to be typed up. Yeah. You, you could write a note. It could be a sticky note and you could take a picture of that and send it. It'll just be a part of their, I'm a teacher. So I always say like the part of their portfolio, uh, <laughs> yeah. call it something else. Just, it's important. That was the hardest part for us was trying to figure out all the pieces to his educational passport and his medical passport. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to take note of the resource that you shared, like with the rocket book, the rocket book is actually one where you can, it's like an erasable pen and it's a okay. journal, but you can like, it, it's an app connected to it. So you can upload it and, oh. it and then you can like erase all of it and then do it all over again. So yeah, we can, we definitely need yes. to talk. Well, did you have any last words? That was the whole 20 minutes right there. So I told you this, no, this, thank you for bringing this to um, everyone's awareness and I hope they, you could be a part of connecting the dots some kind of way. Yes, um, and if you are just interested in helping, like I, I heard you say the duffel bag initiative, or you want to start an app, you have ideas, 
they are definitely needed. And thank you so much for bringing this to people's awareness. Thank you so much. So I will see you all in the next video. Bye. Bye.